pre-coital drug scene for kids. It's the Givecast. The Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Steven B. Denley. Market data by Brisbane Brisbane Mike and Fratastic Pete. Tech support by the Low Mark. Let's go, space freaks. It's a celebration of Chief Sherpa, of Celebration 8, of the Third Archive Party, of Singaporean collectibles, of show floor market watches, of Kenner street signs, of Jasper Nixon and the Star Wars at the Movies panel, of Crunchy Soap, of Room Sales, of Vintage Exploitation, of Yoda Grapes, and Nasty, Nasty Latara. It's the 82nd Kivecast Vintage Pod, recorded mostly in Orlando. Mostly? Wampa Wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 82. Yeah, he, he hit the welcome really hard because we recorded a previous version where he didn't say welcome. Uh, he's recording his in his new studio in Eagle Nest, California. It's a it's an area near of Los Angeles, um, and Steve moved there. So congratulations on the move. Thanks. Yeah, it was literally the, the day after celebration we were moving. So it's it's been a crazy crazy couple of weeks, but it's been good. So. And the Kivecast is going to be a bit crazy, too. Uh, much like yes. we did after uh, Celebration 7, which, by the way, I just called Celebration 7. I called the last one Celebration 8. I, I, this is how you can know what I'm talking about. I talk about the celebration that comes right before the episodic movie, okay? Yeah, so right. So they're all connected. Episode, uh, celebration 1 is before Episode 1. Even mm-hmm. Celebration 4 was before the 30th anniversary of Star Wars, and it kind of continued yeah. through there. So anyway, right. um, so Celebration 7 in Anaheim, we did like a double episode where we did one Leia Hoth at the convention and then one Leia Hoth back home. So due to the luck of the draw, we're going to have a double Sheaf Sherpa. Um, <laughs> and as you'll hear, we talk a lot about Sherpa in, uh, in Anaheim. But Steve and I are just going to take you through the convention. So... In seven words, Steve, how would you describe the Celebration 8? Oh, boy. That's two. <laughs> uh, I'll just go with awesome for the rest. Uh, it, was, it was nuts, but a lot of fun. You know, that was my, what, fifth Celebration? And I think it was the best one I've ever had. And, I, yeah. And, and we're going to go over it. And I'm going to get a little bit syrupy here, Steve. But I think uh, part of the reason oh. it was the best was because I actually got to hang out with you. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I think for once, we weren't, like, one of us wasn't pinned down somewhere else for most of it. Like, last time I was stuck in the, the club booth. And I think you, you've in the past been really busy hosting uh, the collecting track panel. So it's, it was nice to kind of actually have a celebration to just kind of mill around. And, yeah. It really felt like two friends at a convention, which was a yeah. really cool feeling. Um, yeah. Because we don't actually always get that much time to be friends. You know, we have a lot of times <laughs> to be like co-hosts and conspirators and yeah. Uh, yeah enablers and stuff. So it was really cool. And and then another fun thing was that you know Tessa was there, and I felt yeah. like I, I feel really like easy hanging out with her. Um, that's good. That's which is, good. Well, just, that, that's just really nice because when it's like yeah. have like a third person in there and like 
me being a third person, you know, being like, hi, you guys are going to kiss? Okay, I'm going over here now. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just worked out really well. So yeah. I think that was the reason why. But, Steve, that's not the only reason why. And this no. is the deal, okay? Um, as you may or may not know, I've, I've always been a, a big fan of Rebel Force Radio uh, and, and who they are. Um, and they have this slogan, which is totally cheesy, but I like, which is they say no fan left behind. That's how they, oh, yeah. how they handle their celebration coverage. Um, and you know, you were left behind if you didn't go and it stinks to be you, but I think what we put together here, Steve, is a pretty good audio documentary. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. I was just going to. Ignore it. Okay. An audio doc, documentary uh, of the celebration experience. And yeah. and basically our friendship is going to be a part of the experience. The people who we run into is going to be a part of the experience. Um, I've been playing a lot of Zelda uh, Beneath the Wind, the, the new okay. game. All right. And so we're going to go on a lot of side quests, which are very important. <laughs> Which, by the yes. way, Steve, it's really hard to record a podcast and not play Zelda right now. That stupid game, dude. It is it's worse. Oh, it's the worst. It's like all you can think about. <sighs> anyway, so we're going to go on side quests. And I think yeah. you're going to feel the joy that we were able to feel. And I hope we're going to be able to share that with you. And you're actually going to learn a lot because we do a lot of market stuff and we talk to people. And so even if you're listening to this in the future and you're thinking, ah, oh, do I want to listen to a celebration episode i think you actually do yeah um, there's still a lot of a lot of information in there yeah um, i hope and, and i remember right yeah we're not going to talk uh, like about the 40th anniversary panel oh we miss carrie fisher yeah we all miss carrie fisher but we don't need to talk about that on this show okay no okay i'm not going to come out that strong against missing carrie fisher i'm just saying <laughs> um so let's how does that sound steve does that sound like a good plan yeah i'd say let's let's jump right in Okay, so let's set up the first clip, Steve, which is Steve picking me up from the <laughs> All airport. Right. <laughs> All right, first audio recording. I, I just got off the plane, and who, who picks me up, Space Freaks, but one? Steven B. Danley. That's right. And I thought he'd be here, and his wife would be in the car, and it'd be like kind of a thing. Or maybe, you know, Brock or his friends would be in the car. No. Steve just took his time out from the celebration party by himself to come and pick me up at the airport. That is the kind of selfless service that goes behind this podcast. I'm excited. Steve, has there been any good vintage action going on in the Wednesday before the convention? I'm sure there has. Uh, I feel like our normal suspects have been pillaging, <laughs> but I, I haven't seen that much myself yet. Yeah, because we're too busy planning the party. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, Steve. Now, I put up a picture of you in the car, and, and you sent some picture of two crazy people in a car. What What is that a picture of that you were comparing right. us to? So... Have if you've seen the movie Nightcrawler? Um, okay, <laughs> that's kind of the, the the expression I seem to have in that in that picture, which I don't think represents me. I'm a, I'm not a creepy Jake Gyllenhaal, I, I hope, but it just really reminded me of uh, of that movie. And you were just poor, scared Riz Ahmed, just like what what am I doing here? 
<laughs> but no, I, as I said, it was really awesome to be picked up, and that was really fun. So yeah, that, that's yeah. that's part of the celebration experience is everybody arriving. You know, and some people arrive a day early, and you see their pictures on Facebook, and you're so jealous. And other people arrive like a day late, and you're like, dude, where are you? Um, <laughs> we arrived on Wednesday, and that's when Steve, I started to feel a little bit of the old appreciation. Um, <laughs> you know, I complain a lot on air and off uh, about how, you know, it feels like, oh, why are we doing all this work? And, you know, no one seems to really care. Um, we went down to the, the bar at the Rosen, and Steve, we couldn't buy a drink. No, man, that, that was uh, that was awesome and, and very uh, <laughs> generous. Yeah, very generous. Like lots of people coming up and saying things that they liked and didn't like. So I feel that in our eighth year of doing this show, I finally feel like, I am like we're getting to the place we want to be, which is not the world's biggest podcast, but a podcast that actually makes people's lives better. So, so that's yeah. that's really good. Yeah, so, you it, know, did, it did feel nice. So we showed up at the Rosen, which um, is pretty interesting. They had a sign out front saying "Not to jump in the elevators," um, <laughs> which. If your elevator can't handle jumping, you should probably just put an old out-of-order sign on the elevator. <laughs> I think they might have at one point for at least one of them. Yeah. But. <laughs> it's like, please, please don't, please don't shake. Okay. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the, the hotels are always kind of a funny experience. So I, I was rooming with yeah. Ron uh, and, and Tommy Garvey. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of a a fun experience because you know Ron really doesn't like a lot of noise, um, and Ron's a lot like a cat. You know what I mean? Like he's he takes care of his space, and 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 I'm very much like a oh, what's that dog that uh, that that slobbers everywhere? Anyways, I'm like one of those things, um, and so <laughs> that that's a pretty funny dynamic. Especially when you have crunchy soap in the bathroom. I don't know how Ron even like let that yes. happen. <laughs> well, we are going to talk about the crunchy soap because okay. we, we right. have a lot to say about the crunchy yeah. soap. So Thursday uh, is the actual opening of the convention. And uh, Steve, you and I started walking around together. And we discovered one thing that we've talked about previously on uh, the Kivecast, the toy toter. R2-D2 oh, yeah. Toy Toter. Right. And then we go on a little bit of a rant about vintage exploitation. So how, <laughs> so about, this, we have, uh, yeah. how about we have okay. a little listen to Sky and Steve. Thursday morning, the, co the convention opens. We're not trying to get into a panel. We're walking around and griping. <laughs> the celebration! Okay, so we're here on the floor a little bit early. Uh, we got in uh, early. And Steve, we've seen one thing right in front of us that we never thought we'd see in person. What are we seeing, Steve? The magnificent toy toter. Yes, the R2D2 toy toter. Never seen one for sale. We don't know what he's going to be asking for it, but he's asking 125. That is legitimately a good price, but the question is how much will it cost to get back? We'll have to think about it. And then we also saw some kind of what was it, like an early bird display thing. Eh, who cares about that? What we really care about is the R2D2 toter. All right, we're here at the Hasbro booth, and you know we started recording this whole podcast back in 2010 with the beginning of vintage exploitation. What are we in front of here, Steve? It's a first 12 Black Series giant wall banner thing. <laughs> yeah, it says "Strong in the Force" since 1977, and then it says June 7, 1977. What does that mean? Is that was that when they sold the license? All right, we're actually now inside the Hasbro. 
uh, area, and they have like uh, something here that says it's from the Hasbro vault. Looks like it's a little bit cooked up. It's got the vintage land speeder, Steve. Yeah. It, it also has a graded Luke, which isn't very much fun. <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> and an R2, and then a picture of some of the newer land speeders. But uh, I can't figure out what they're trying to go for here. We're still trying to figure out why it said since June 7, 1977. It's a good question. Oh, Sky here. They did answer us. It was the day that Mark Boudreau, like one of the main toy designers, signed his contract with Kenner. So one of the, the best things about about this this celebration is, as space freaks know, um, I was at the very beginning of the New York of the Empire State Collectors Club. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was, I was there when the California club started and then I moved out here and, and Jason and Tom, uh, Jason and Thomas, uh, Quinn got together and made the empire club and I've watched it grow and it's become this huge club and they got a booth. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why I said that like Adam Sandler, get out of the booth. <laughs> um, but they got a booth and I don't know what it was, but it was like the coolest place in the entire convention hall. Yeah, I uh, found myself even when we weren't together. I found myself over there a lot. Um, yeah, it was a it was a really fun fun little spot. Yeah, and and there's something you know when we we constantly incessantly talk about the community that's so necessary. Um, a lot of the people that were there were there because of the club. You know, yeah. like they showed up and they didn't really know, and they're not super hardcore collectors but they go to the club and they go to ron's house and they hang out with him and then a couple months later they're at yehuda's house and a couple months later they're up at my house and they actually kind of know me and i sort of know them even though i don't you know know them and then we yeah. get together again and like we we've all those people i've met i don't know seven or eight times and then uh tom really pushed them to go to celebration and then they're volunteering at the booth which kind of gives them a sort of sense of like cool purpose and action and you know they go off and they meet people and a lot of them had their first celebration experience and yeah, it was this yeah. really great thing because they're all great people and i've known them and i've hung out with them and and it's like they're like this little crew and it's like we welcome them into our crew and then they welcome us into their crew and then it's just everyone's all together so that was that was a really great uh a really great thing i did give out patches for a two-hour shift <laughs> How did um, that go? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it, Steve. Um, yeah, I don't know if I I, I voiced my my uh, displeasure with the whole patch thing before for when I because I did the same thing we did for Anaheim. Um, but yeah, it's like a crazy feeding frenzy. You guys had a much better system. We were just being nice, like Californians, like oh yeah, sure, take one. <laughs> and that right. did not work out very well. I think you guys had a much better system. Yeah, Tom devised a winner-loser spinner thing uh, to give out our patch, and, and that worked really well. And for the most yeah. part, people were nice. I was saving my voice for something that we'll talk about later. Yes. Um, yeah. But it, it, was, uh, um, it wasn't the worst, but yeah. um, it wasn't the best either. But I was really happy to do it because I got to hang out and, and sit next to uh, Joe – who is another one of these guys from the New York club who I didn't know that well. Um, and actually, I think we're going to have him on the show soon too, Steve. I haven't told you that, but he has a, a web series where he right. opens He's up the vintage the, toys. The videos, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's – I'd really like to have him on the show. But all of this was leading somewhere, Steve. 
mm-hmm. not only was the Empire State Club in this really cool spot, but next to it was the Singapore table. Mm-hmm. So this was a celebration of Singapore love. I yes. have never – Steve, do you know the capital of Singapore? Singapore? Hey, all right. You got a geography <laughs> question right. <laughs> uh, do you know the smallest city in Singapore? Oh, that, that I – well, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Isn't it just one big city? That's yeah, there it? you go. So it's Singapore. Hey, you know, technically, right. technically that's yeah. right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I went over there and started talking about these new things that I'd never seen and I talked to Derek mm-hmm. about them. And so you're going to hear me talking to Uncle Gundy, Derek Ho. And in one of the clips, you're going to hear me make a realization that even he had never made. Mm. <laughs> now at the Singapore fan club uh, booth with Derek Ho. Are, are you the emperor of the Singapore club? Uh, yes, that would be right. <laughs> so he's explained to me these Singapore items that I've actually never really seen before, except when he posted about them. And they're all tied in. So what was the company that was doing this Singapore offer? Uh, it was the, 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 the soft drink Sprite. And they did it during the ESB era. And they had the, the drinks uh, with the bottle cap liners, which you could redeem for various items, which included a T-shirt. And more, most relevant for Sky would be a Chewbacca T-shirt. Okay, so like bottle cap liners. So underneath the bottle cap of like a plastic bottle, you know, there's that little bit that you can pull out. And there are these beautiful full-color images. We have uh, Chewbacca. We have Han Hoth. We have Vader. Uh, we have lots of really actually interesting imagery, not always typical imagery. So you'd get the bottle caps, and then it was only Sprite? It wasn't Coca-Cola as well? No, it was only Sprite. Is Sprite really popular in Singapore? It was back then. <laughs> okay. So, so, so then you would trade in the bottle caps and you could get postcards, rulers, or – and now you're saying you've never even seen – you've only ever seen one of the T-shirts and that's this beautiful Princess Leia T-shirt. And, you, and the other, what are the other T-shirts that apparently existed? Um, there, is a, there was a Vader, there was a C-3PO, and there was a Chewbacca Dan. We know that there is a Vader out there uh, in somebody's collection, but we have never seen a C-3PO or a Chewbacca, and we don't even have an image of the Chewbacca one. Wow, so this is very cool. We now know about Singaporean Sprite giveaways that we never knew, thanks to the Singapore Fan Club, which uh, he says is not a shell for his company that makes and fabricates chemical weapons. So this is really good stuff, Derek. Thank you so much for... Oh, he's getting actually really angry. I think I'm a little too close to the bone here. Okay, I've got to go. Bye! Okay, all right, I'm, I'm back with the Singapore... Uh, collector Derek, Uncle Gundy Ho, and I'm realizing something very interesting here. There is a postcard. Which droids are represented? Only C-3PO. There is a ruler. Only C-3PO. There is a bottle cap. Only C-3PO. No R2-D2. Derek Ho. Wait, 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 also a t-shirt. Only C-3PO. Derek, why do Singaporeans like C-3PO more than R2-D2? I, I, I think you, you can find some stuff for R2-D2 on, on Coca-Cola as opposed to Sprite. Maybe. Maybe no, that was the deal. No, but this is weird, right? There's no R2-D2 on any of this stuff. Yes. Okay. 
something you you pointed out that I actually didn't really notice myself. Well, that's my gift to the Singapore fan club. Thank, Thank you, you Singapore. And once again, the primary language that is spoken in Singapore is English. We've established that a couple years ago. We'll get back to that. Okay. Thank you. Uh, all right, now, now I've, I've been talking to Derek Ho more, and he is explaining a possible reason why C-3PO is preferred to R2-D2 in Singapore. It's probably maybe due to the fact that C-3PO did actually make his way all the way down to Singapore uh, when the Star Wars movie first hit, and even for Empire Strikes Back. So somebody in a costume showed up and walked around? That's right. C-3PO, Stormtrooper, uh, Chewbacca, and Darth Vader. But no R2-D2. R2-D2 wasn't free. What, well, that, then there we go. We've just solved it. I just and then Derek is going to be giving a talk about Singapore, and he can now add that into his panel. Derek helps us. We help Derek. Later on Sunday, which we'll get to, but I want to talk about it now because it's all connect, connected to Singapore. Derek gave a talk on collecting Singapore items. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my – I'm a really nervous flyer. I like to get to the airport uh, three weeks before I buy my ticket. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually pushed it back so that I could stay and watch Derek's talk. And it was just the best kind of collecting track talk. You know, there was yeah. new information and it was well given and it was engaging. And I learned a ton. Like I learned – like when I learned about all those bottle caps at the table, I learned more about them at the panel. Um, yeah, and this really cool thing happened where at the at the room sales, um, I actually uh, ran into uh, one of the other Singaporean collectors. Ran into Greg, and he actually was able to sell me one of those Sprite bottle caps of Chewbacca. Oh yeah, oh, and so awesome. that was really exciting. So now I just need to track down the 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 postcard. But then, right. in Derek's talk, he was talking about about these. Uh, little sort of like um, jellyish uh, Darth Vader toys that that came with candy. It was called Kaka. Yeah, the candy. And he <laughs> said, you know, the only one that exists is Darth Vader. And then I instantly started looking up this thread from Rebel Scum that I posted in 2008, where I won this auction of all these weird He-Man toys from Singapore, and a little Darth Vader and a Chewbacca. And I realized, and I brought it up to him that I've actually discovered a Singaporean toy that Derek didn't know about. So <laughs> it was just this really funny thing where um, how did that happen? And yeah. how is yeah. it that I actually have it and, and he doesn't? And so right after giving the definitive talk on vintage Star Wars toys from Singapore, I was able to instantly make it so that he has to do another one and include this other item. That something so minimal, something so pinpointed, even that, you're not to the depths of it. Uh, yeah. This hobby yeah. never ceases to amaze me with how much yeah. crap they made. It's Yeah, I, mean, I feel like that, that exact scenario could be applied just just about anything, especially once you get into that kind of international, uh, obscure stuff so yeah it was pretty funny to kind of just I, I i remember looking over and seeing you on your phone like what the, what the hell is he doing yeah <laughs> when you're looking up that thread so it's just yeah oh yeah, was it was it that obvious that's too bad <laughs> that wasn't that obvious no i just it was just funny and then i'm like hey, he's on rebel scum what's he doing <laughs> yeah well it, it's it's pretty fun to get to be like i oh, derek you missed one yeah 
Yeah. So anyway, so that that was our our Thursday on the floor. Now, Steve, our Thursday ended very quickly. Yes. In terms of celebration, yes. In terms of celebration. Because as of 1 o'clock, we had to go and get the archive party going. Yes. I don't know how much detail to go into, Steve, about the archive party. (laughs) I will tell you this. You know, what we said was, hey, if you space freaks really want to get involved with the show and you really want to participate and you want to be hanging around – be a sponsor and you can come help us set up. We had several people who came and did that. We had Mike Cooper. Yeah. We had uh, Aaron Longbine. We had John Peck. We had uh, uh, Jason Thomas. Yeah, Jason Thomas. Uh, and and Steve for somehow like basically rolls with his personal Ugnots. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> he always has a crew of – he had four people, these two nice couples, totally wonderful people. I spent a lot of time with them. Just friendly, helpful. They're sitting there putting together lanyards. I don't know where where you get these – how you get your friends to follow you to Orlando and then like help you so much. Um, No, those guys were awesome. That was – it wasn't their first celebration but it was their first like full four days-ish of celebration and they they were totally stoked to go and and I owe them everything for for, – they made – so much of that happened. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. Yeah, um, and, and it, it's hard to describe the atmosphere, the, the feeling. So we, yeah. we first of all had to like move the car and we couldn't find the guy who was responsible. <laughs> he was Dutch. And so I made a whole bunch of Austin Powers jokes. I hate the Dutch. <laughs> Schmoke a pancake. Um, and like he took us down to ballroom. Uh, what was the ballroom? <laughs> What was it, Steve? Q? Q. Q. Uh, We went down to Barroom Q, and it wasn't that easy to get to. And we walked into the room, Steve, and this is what I said. Oh, this is a good room. This is what I thought. (laughs) What are we going to do? (laughs) It's totally empty. How are we going to do this? How are we going to put all of this together? How are we going to fit 370 people into this room and expect them all to eat and have a good time and raise money for charity? And I had – I just didn't know what to do. And so I did what anybody does when they don't know what to do. I started making lists. Yes, Um, yeah. And so that's how I'd like to sort of phrase things here. Um, You'll see on your show notes or if not, I'll describe it. I made for the first time a – a schedule of events for the third yeah, archive party. Yeah. Um, I made them in bubble letters. And at one point we had Aaron and Jason with crayons coloring them in and they did a really good <laughs> job. And I think they felt a little bit silly, but then they took a lot of pride in it. So it's a yeah, totally yeah. awesome sign. And so I'd like to kind of go through it thing by thing. How does that sound, Steve? Sure. Sure. All right. So the doors open at seven, but Steve and I were there at one o'clock. So we were setting up the games. We were figuring out the food. We were making the posters. Uh, my Cooper ma- came out and made a whole bunch of signs for us. Uh, he's like a caricature artist and just a great artist in general. Oh, man. And yeah, those are, those are just incredible. Yeah, a- absolute. Uh, absolute. So we can kind of go through the games by talking about the, the pictures that my Cooper drew. Um, yeah. So there was yeah. uh, there was the get the frog in Jabba's mouth, and that that was yep. pretty popular. Um, There's like a couple of kids you just did it over and over and over again, um, 
and there was a game where you had to shoot like a Lego Luke into a Bacta tank. And, yeah. And uh, Rob Amatia set that up. I think it was his kid who was running it the whole time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. His his son was, was the, the showrunner on that one. Yeah. Uh, pin the shield on the head man, as always. Yeah, the, the classic. Yeah. The classic. We had a new one, which was uh, Ron's Rancor Keeper Toss. That that might be my, my new favorite. Yes. <laughs> so John Peck brought, because he's a big wrestling fan, he brought a Tor Johnson mannequin <laughs> head, which is just this horrible old wrestler with a bald head. And then he brought these rags, and you had to throw them onto his head to make him look like the Rancor Keeper. Um, and I came up with a joke of pretending that Ron is a Rancor Keeper focus collector. Because he only has <laughs> all the hard copies and the goddamn sculpt. Um, but he's like, uh, I'm not a focus collector. Like, okay, fine. Um, and that was a really fun game. People had a lot of fun with that. Um, we'll get to the – I don't know if now is the time to talk about the pie in the sky, Steve. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was the moment where I maybe – panic the most i don't know if you sense that or not but <laughs> no i didn't so this is the thing John, John... Like, you might have been able to have much much sensory perception by the end of it anyway <laughs> yeah so so you know john peck is is one of the the main unsung heroes of the archive party yeah no and uh and uh he he came up with this idea for pie in the sky where i would stick my face in a cutout of, of a vinyl uh like banner with an image of Chewbacca on it, and people would pay to throw pies in my face. Now, this whole idea from the start was completely messed up, and I don't know why we did it, okay? There were so <laughs> many warning signs from the beginning. Num there were. Number one, it was a pie-throwing contest, but there's no such thing as a pie-throwing contest. You just throw pies no. in someone's face. Y yeah, that's Pro just kind of... Problem kinda... number one. <laughs> problem number two, he didn't bring any pies, <laughs> <laughs> Nor did he bring any method to make pies. So it was 7 o'clock, the doors had opened, and I was like, there, there's no pies. So we ended up sending out Yehuda to go buy whipped cream and paper plates. <laughs> and we ended up... <laughs> We ended up, because the paper plates were light, we ended up uh, silver taping the paper plates together and then putting the whipped cream on it. Steve doesn't know how to push out whipped cream, so he wastes the entire bottle by spraying it completely horizontal. It's okay. <laughs> you're, you're a young man, Steve. When you turn 20, I hope you'll know how to do that. Um, <laughs> poor Yehuda missed the first hour of the party because somebody else had gone out to the nearest Rite Aid and bought every single can of whipped cream. And so he went to a different one. Oh, um, so we had so much whipped cream. And then the whole thing was predicated on the idea that people would think it was really fun. But nobody really wanted to do it. Like, <laughs> there's only like four people signed up. Or how many people signed up? Seven? I think, I think yeah, maybe a half dozen. Yeah, like, like six <laughs> people. And that's $5 a piece. So $30 to charity is not quite worth... Me standing up there, and people didn't really think it was that funny. Like, that's the whole problem. If they thought it was the greatest thing, and oh my god, I can't believe this is happening, that it would have well, been worth it. But I mean, to me, what made it worth it is when you went into that, that fugue state, just pure rage, like you were, a, <laughs> you were like a wrestler. Like, you'd gone completely mad, and yeah. you were covered. I couldn't even see your eyes, but you were just yelling at the top of your lungs like... I am the greatest or whatever, <laughs> something along those lines where that's when I was like 
already trying to scrub up the stuff that had gone all over the stage and the wall, and I just look up and I just see you just raging. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> Yeah, we're, and that's the other get, thing. We're about to get kicked out of that's here. That's the other thing. Uh, Blog Log Pod star Scott Kinney was there, and he yeah. was filming. I don't know what he's going to do with that footage. Um, I would say it's the thing that will come back to haunt me the most from Celebration, but we're not even <laughs> at Saturday yet. No, um, we're not. <laughs> and then the other thing was, Steve, we didn't think it out at all. There's no, no. rules. <laughs> we just gave these people pies, put them five feet from me, and they just <laughs> threw them directly at my face. Now, the reason that we did this was that we didn't have a tarp. I ended up taking a vintage Akamas Gamorrean Guard costume, the one that I wore during the vintage uh, costume contest, and I tore it in half and put it on the floor. And I figured, well, that'll cover on the floor. But, Steve, I didn't bring any towels. So, <laughs> do you know, getting hit in the face by, uh, by a whipped cream pie doesn't hurt. But what do you do with the mess, Steve? What do you do <laughs> with that hot, creamy mess all over your face? There's nothing you can do. I was, like, using my hand and trying to throw it down onto the tarp on the floor. <laughs> oh. Uh, and it was, uh, the worst it was a of mess. all of that, Steve, this is what I would have liked. Nobody hit me and it make a big mess. Everybody <laughs> hit me and have it not make a mess. But half the people <laughs> hit me and half the people missed. We got, and, we got the, the best of both worlds there. And they were two feet from me, so I don't know how they missed. <sighs> so that was pie in the sky. Yeah. A success all around. <laughs> oh, And I smelled... Bad. Like, I actually, <laughs> I washed the jeans that I wore, just a little bit of, and the shirt yeah, that yeah. I wore. There's no amount of washing. You can't get the smell of no, rancid whipped cream out. My, yeah, my hands smelled of whipped cream for the rest of the, the weekend. I could not, I, I can only imagine how bad it was for you, because I, I was just had it all over my hands, and I couldn't get rid of it. So you were, you were covered head to toe in, in whipped cream. <laughs> so that was the, those were all of the games, right? I didn't miss any, Steve, did I? I don't think, I don't think so. No. no. And that's, we always debate about this. Oh, wait. What? Three, three PO card Monty. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that's yeah. true. And uh, they also created, John Peck also created a three PO card Monty, which has, uh, a th it's a three card Monty game where you have to guess which of the three has the censored, uh, C-3PO card. Um, yeah. And that was really fun. All of that, though, the whole game thing was the biggest mess of the whole party because we didn't think about prizes until we got there. And we didn't <laughs> sign up enough people to volunteer at the booths. Fortunately, people like Aaron just stayed there the whole time and worked on it. And we, and we, we really owe a lot to those people because we were just we running, running yeah. around just like crazy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the games are tricky because... I don't know if they're necessary because people just want to go and drink and talk. But I think without them, it loses some of its kind of funky magic. And it's not, yeah. and it's not as good yeah. for kids. And I, I like having the kids around. Yeah. So anyway, that's th those are all the games. And we got those all prepared for the doors to open, Steve. <laughs> and the doors opened and people came in. And I think it went pretty well. The, the, the doors were handled well. I think, I think Ross Barr was out there doing a lot of that work. Yeah, and um, Brian Angel and his son. Um, it, it, they, they, uh, it's crazy. I feel like last time things – people pretty much all showed up at once. But I think with the way Celebration is now, everything gets pushed later. So we really – we weren't really like fully going until maybe 8, 8.30. That was when things were really – 
getting nuts, I think. Yeah. It's also, we had a lot more people there. Um, yeah. So yeah. just hundreds of people there and it does feel, it does feel cool. It does feel cool, Steve, to have like put this thing on and, you know, I, I kind of feel like we could do the whole, you know, Scarface in the bathtub thing, you know, who put this thing together? <laughs> we, we put this thing together. Oh, man. Um, that, that does have a cool feeling. The costume contest, um, was another failure of planning on our part, Steve. Um, yeah. what would you say was our failure in publicizing the costume contest? Uh, maybe just a little too late. Yeah. I think last time, last time we, uh, we had a good head start. Um, but even then we still got some good ones. We did. We did. Yeah. Um, my crunchy costume didn't go over that well. I don't know. People didn't think it was that funny. I thought it was really funny, but whatever. It's no big deal. I went as crunchy uh, in my vintage uh, British Akamas mask. Um, I, m- I came up with a good way of using old of using uh, uh, duct tape to uh, make those masks bigger because um, obviously they're, <laughs> they're kids' masks. Um, speaking of kids, there's a little kid there who is dressed up as Kylo Ren from the – Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have the heart to tell him that that's not a vintage costume scram kid. Um, and he was really cute. He was playing lots of games, and, and he was a really cool kid. So while I was up there announcing the winners, I was like, and the winner for child under 30 is this kid. Because I, he really wanted like he really wanted to win. So um, Yeah, so yeah. That was fun. And, and his costume was great. Um, yeah, it was. But uh, who ended up winning, Steve? It was uh, was it the Luke Jedi? Yes. Right? Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, Nathan Wil- Wilkes. Wilkes. Wilkie. I think Wilkes. Wilkie. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Wilkes. I'm gonna say Wilkes. I think it's Wilkes. It could be Wilkie. What the kind of name is Wilkie? <laughs> it could be Wilkie. It could be Wilk Wanowitz. No, yeah, it's Wilkes. Um, it was uh, Nathan Wilkes, and uh, he had a an amazing Luke Jedi costume. Um, but it's actually with kind the of, rub, the rub nose, right? Yeah, that wasn't that part of it. He did a rubbed <laughs> nose, and it was kind of unsettling, actually. Like, there's something <laughs> about like he did it well enough that it it was a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but he definitely won the costume contest, and that was fun. And then that led up to what was referred to on the part on the party plan as the mystery love event. Yeah. So I I had I had just done the 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 pie in the face thing, right? Um, and the mystery love event has been set up for almost a year. And what was it, Steve? Well, two uh, two good friends were getting hitched. Yes, uh, Jared and Shauna got married at the archive party. <laughs> and uh, as I said, when I was sitting up there covered in whipped cream, we now go from the ridiculous to the sublime, um, yeah. because they got married there. Rob Amantia was the uh, was playing the was the was the minister or whatever, and it was just a great moment. And everyone said it was their favorite moment of celebration. They're two very good friends of ours, good friends of the show, uh, and they yeah. got married right there, and that was really special. Yeah, that was it was really really nice, and they even had uh, buttons <laughs> to commemorate, which was yes. actually really really great. Yes, uh, so much swag. 
uh, at celebration. Um, <laughs> but I, it didn't bother me this time because I came up with this idea, Steve. I missed Easter because celebration is during Easter. So yeah. when when I did the Easter egg hunt with my kids, I just put celebration swag in Easter eggs. That's that's perfect. And they yeah. loved it. And and I gave them lanyards and they put them on the lanyards and they put them up on their wall. So it's kind of like they went to celebration. It ended up being this great thing. So even though I've been a grump about swag in the past, I would now like to thank every single person that gave me swag in alphabetical <laughs> order. No, um, Aaron A. Aronson. Aaron B. Aronson. Um, so that, that, was, that was really cool. And at this point, time started moving way too fast. Very, very fast. Yeah. So we had a great raffle, and we'll talk about how much money we raised at the end. We had a great raffle with a lot of really fun items. Uh, the 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 statues that were made, uh, organized by Rob Amentia of Mount Re- Mount Empire, Mount Rebel, um, those were auctioned off. There was like I don't know, like thirty items or something. Uh, there was yeah, so many things that were either you know donated to to raffle or auction. I mean, we were flooded, so I we can't thank everybody enough for that. And it's just it's just nuts. Like it really was an eye opener to to see. The amount of stuff and, that the and, people and were, was, were giving us. It was funny because I was really trying to rush Bill while he was Bill Cable, the artist. Yeah, and, he was. And, he was. What did you give? What was his official title that you had assigned? Oh no, I don't remember. <laughs> it, was, it probably wasn't nice. I think it was something like Senorita Rappelmeister. Oh yeah, Senorita <laughs> Rappelmeister. Right. And so he was doing a great job, but there were so many items I couldn't get him to go yeah. fast enough. And yeah. then Darren Macalisi gets up there and starts singing Celebration by Cool and the Gang. And Bill looked at me like, like, should I hurry this up? And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, either take more time or take less, because it was great. Um, for whatever reason, Darren McAleese, I don't know if that's how you say his name, but we'll just say it is. Whenever that guy sings, it is like, it, it is like a child's joy at bubbles like it's there's something about <laughs> it like seeing him sing releases a specific endorphin in the human brain i can't describe so that was really fun yeah i'm i'm, I'm not overselling it steve am i <laughs> no no uh, i wouldn't do that um and then as i wrote on the on the on the uh schedule silent auction ended at 9 30 and I wrote really, yeah. really firm. And then underneath it, I wrote firm again. Um, <laughs> and Steve, I don't actually have all the auction. Do you have all the auction results? Uh, I do somewhere. They're in a they're in a box with other <laughs> archive party stuff that I need to sort through. But yeah, um, it, it was. Uh, I can't. I'm trying to remember exactly how much. Did you want to know how much we raised specifically for the auction? Or yeah, I was just curious if you knew. I think it was about. I think I'm gonna guess about four thousand bucks. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We raised a lot of great money uh, with the with the auction. Uh, the Sky Coos didn't go as high as they did last time, but I think it was because there's too many of them and there's too many other things to buy. Um, why are you laughing, Steve? Well, I don't know. I, I, there's always going to be something that makes me laugh when I think about the Sky Coos. <laughs> yes, there is, Steve. <laughs> and guess where we're going. <laughs> there we're going uh, there yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want to open the door in case that was something that, I, I'll never forget your your reaction 
Okay, so this is the story. <laughs> this is a story, um, and I'm going to use a pseudonym for the person that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, uh, he calls himself a synonym for large and a shorten for Kevin. So I'll let you figure out who it is I'm talking about. I'll be speaking in code about large Kevin. <laughs> I've never heard of large Kevin. Uh, I have since learned that he has a podcast and he's has sort of a web presence and I'm, I have nothing to say good or bad about who this person is outside of my interaction with him during the archive party. <laughs> but here it goes. So I went up to the, to the microphone every 10 or 15 minutes to, or eh, 20 minutes to say, Hey, don't forget to bid on the auctions. They end at nine 30, they end at nine 30. Now, Steve had told me that he really likes the Admiral Akbar sky coup that I made. And I, yeah. and I thought, you know what? It'd be really fun to win that for Steve. And I know it's goofy that I made them in my kitchen table and then I'm trying to buy them. But it's like it's worth it for charity and it would be fun for Steve to have the Admiral Akbar. Yeah, and I, I honestly was planning on trying to get over there and do it. But as we both know, like we were just – it, time was going and it was it was over and I had no chance. Right. Um, and, so yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I made a a, a a card back for the Ann coup, you know, for, yeah, for yeah. Ann Jenkins and Duncan didn't even win that. His wife, his wife made it, but he didn't win it. It was his wife's poetry, and Derek ended up winning it. Um, <laughs> so it's it was just kind of some goofy stuff, but it was a silent auction, right? So yeah. I'm running around. I'm all over the place. I'm getting thrown pie in the face. I'm organizing stuff. I'm doing all this work. I'm like a man on fire all the time. I'm running around looking for Steve. You know, it's like I'm I'm a I'm like a, a methed out bumblebee. <laughs> and I go and I I put another bid. I saw it was like forty five bucks. I put fifty on it and then I walk away. And then this guy who's just leaning against the wall just goes, "Come on, man." And I look up and I kind of thought he was kidding. I was like, huh, yeah. Like, Come on, man. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Steve wants it. So, you know, I, I, I thought I'd bid on it. I'm right here, man. You can't bid on your own art. That's not cool. Not cool. And I couldn't figure out if he was kidding. I really couldn't. Because, like, yeah. if you're bidding on a Sky Coup, theoretically, you are aware of who I am. And theoretically, you right. know, if I say I am winning this for Steve, you wouldn't get mad at me because if you listen to the show and you know what a sky coup is, you may not like me, but you definitely like Steve. So, <laughs> so I just kind of like thought, okay, this is some guy I don't know and maybe he's just, he just has like an awkward sense of humor and hey, I've got an awkward sense of humor. I like annoying people. So maybe whoever this guy is, is just being just goofy. You know what I mean? And so I don't really worry yeah. about it. I walk away and I don't have time to go back and check the auction. I go up and I'm, uh, I'm announcing that the auction has ended. I'm getting ready for the closing ceremony. I'm giving speeches about the animals and about the charity. And I see that guy and he walks up and he's got the Akbar in his hand, in his, in his, in his left hand. And then he looks at me, makes eye contact and with his right hand flips me the bird. Like really, oh. like really strong, like scowls and flips me the bird and like does a little <laughs> head shake thing. And like I'm talking and I see him and I, I kind of like I, – I register that I see it but I don't really know how to react. Yeah. And so then I kind of move on. I, I actually kind of felt like I was being assassinated. 
was, he was like, <laughs> get your hands out of my pocket. Get your hands out of my pocket. Like, it was like this weird, so, it's like this weird thing of like this guy like assassinating me with his like supreme <laughs> hostility while I'm while I'm at the podium. And then like as he walks around, he turns around again, gives me the finger again, and walks out. And I can't figure out what this is. I then later I go and talk to the people who are running the the silent auction. He's like, yeah, he was bad mouthing you the entire time. He was saying he just couldn't believe that he was bidding on his own art, and artists shouldn't bid on their own art. So, Steve, that was one of the weirdest things <laughs> that I have. I, I I just don't understand. How you could win a Sky coup and hate Sky. Yeah. <laughs> that is the like, bit I just don't it's paradoxical. get. paradoxical. It's it, so weird. It's just – I get how you could come to the party and not listen to the Kivecast. I get that. I can yeah, get how yeah. you could come to the party and not go to the Star Wars Collector's Archive. I get that too. Like I get yeah. how you could just be there because that's the thing to do. That's no yeah, problem. Yeah. But spending 60 bucks – and getting really angry at the person who made it for a charity auction for making <laughs> you spend 10 more dollars on something that he made is behavior that I don't understand. And it is <laughs> amusing to me. I did email him. I said, hey, were you kidding? He didn't email me back. That's why I don't feel bad. I won't say his name because maybe Large Kevin does not want to be called out. Um, but <laughs> if you know him, could you just – like help me out here. I'm willing to make. Yeah, I, I'm willing to make peace. Maybe the guy really didn't know. Maybe it did seem like I was being a jerk. I, I don't need to start a war, but uh, I, I'm just trying to figure. Anyways, that was a a very funny event. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I believe that is the the most humorous uh, reference to the assassination of Malcolm X ever made on this podcast. <laughs> um, and then we uh, we had the the culminating contest and that was the vader case mania duel and yeah. this went really well steve i thought Man, that that yeah it, it was really fun um it, we had two people competing against each other where they we took a, a vintage vader case with beater figures in it and we emptied it upside down and they had to fill it like as quickly as possible and whoever won won yeah and they had an awesome prize you know they got to keep the figures and keep the case and and that was really fun and then we yeah. had the, the closing ceremony which is very funny because people just hang around anyway and we don't really oh care yeah they, they were them out. they were really trying to get us out of that place <laughs> they were uh the, the coloring books third time's a charm they're really filled yeah. up now uh that went really yeah. well and and i yeah i was gonna say i don't know if we should probably mention this too but um you know, the Pet Alliance of Greater Orlando, they, they were there, and they actually brought a dog. To, to, to Poor thing. It's just like, what is with these people? But yeah. he, he was there. Cody Cody was there. And, man, it was just uh, – it was really, really fun. It, I was completely exhausted by the end, but uh, – yeah, yeah, that that was the best archive party, definitely. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of tiring. There's a lot of – I mean, if I if if you look at it just from getting pies in the face and then some guy flipping you off, you could say that I had a bad experience, but I didn't because of the work of people like Aaron and Mike and you and I working together and seeing all these people having this great fun and having it be just the best moment again. So I think it's safe to say, Steve, there will be an archive party for. Um, yeah, yeah, and and we're gonna 
we're gonna do it again, and it's gonna it's gonna keep being this great thing. Um, we we might uh, we might do some things differently. We're open to we're open to to thoughts on that. But that was a lot of fun. And I will say too about that dog. So yeah, this is kind of one of these funny things, right? Where uh, listeners to the show may know I'm not always I don't always hold the most popular opinions, and I can sometimes come across <laughs> as maybe not the nicest person on earth. Um, but like, I, I don't actually, I didn't care that much about the dog and cat shelter aspect of what we were doing. And I know that sounds weird, but it's like, I like dogs and cats. I want them to be saved. And that's a charity that I think we can work with. We can have fun with. And Steve, I know that you absolutely love this it completely. So yeah, I sort yeah. of wanted to push for like a homeless shelter because I'm more of a people person than an animal person. But you know, as I said, it's hard to make jokes about the homeless problem. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just kind of, I sort of kept all that sort of cynicism to myself and kind of moved forward. And then when we were at the party, I saw the dog, and like, it, I. I I complete I had an Ebenezer Scrooge moment. I was like, yeah. "Oh my yeah. god, we have to help these dogs. Like they're just born into this universe and what the hell are they doing and they need our help and and we got to we got to help them." And I started thinking about Bo back at the house and like I felt like actual <laughs> like love for my own dog. So I I had this real moment where I've done all this work for this charity and raised all this money and didn't really believe it and then that one moment with that one dog i actually am yeah now, i am now a believer so yeah there, well, there you go that's awesome yeah so how are you doing audience do you know whether or not to like me or like like me less or like me more after that story i don't know Pro- probably less <laughs> probably like dude hates dogs um <sighs> so that was your I'm, I'm tired of even talking about it steve it was a, it was a, it was a night. That's for sure. But and and, and and do you know what the 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 words I'm going to say now that let you know how tiring celebration is? Let's what? get ready for day two. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God, I don't even remember day two. Yeah, well, Steve, um, this is what we did. We basically are going to take you on Sky and Steve's showroom floor experience. Oh, yeah. Okay? Okay. So I'm just going to play a whole bunch of audio all together. Okay? I'm going to have about six different pieces. And in it, we're going to just talk about Sherpa. How, like, what, like, if I'm looking for Chief Sherpa, what am I going to buy? We're going to get to some foreign variations. We're going to talk about prices. We're going to talk about unproduced droids and Ewoks. And I may slip in a 48B that does not belong in this little bit. So let's listen to what it's like being on the show floor as a focus collector or as someone just looking for one particular vintage character at Celebration 8. 
I'm back on the floor with Steve. The door just opened. Uh, we had an amazing archive party last night, which I'm sure we talked about on this podcast at some other date. But I just realized what I'm going to do, Steve. You know what my kids collect, right? Ewoks. That's right. They collect Ewoks. And do you know what's one figure they don't have an example of? Sherpa. Chief Sherpa. So, my goal for celebration starting on Friday morning is to find the best Chief Sherpa toy I can for a reasonable price. Let's do it now on Sky Payne, the new toy hunter. Okay, so Steve actually just asked me a question that was like an interview question, and I wasn't recording. So, here, let's have him ask again. So, for the Sherpa, what, what form are you looking for? The character or the figure? I'm looking for anything and everything vintage Sherpa that's within reason. So I say we keep looking. And we're actually in front of a really nice booth here with lots of uh, uh, plush toys. Now, my knowledge of Star Wars is so little. I don't know if they ever made a plush Sherpa in the vintage days. Tommy, what's your guess? Yes or no? Not to my knowledge. All right. So I guess we'll have to keep moving. Okay, so we're now at, a, at another uh, booth here. And there's some interesting stuff. There's a uh, resealed Uzai Darth Vader for 2400 I thought it was 240 and got all excited. I guess I'm an idiot. Um, there's also, we'll see if Steve knows why, a loose Sherpa for $80. Steve, can you tell why that loose Sherpa is $80? I'm going to guess it's uh, the Top Toys or uh, the Levy. Yeah, no, it's the Top Toys because it doesn't have the footholes on the bottom and it's slightly smaller. And no convention would be complete without some 48B hunting. We uh, just went to a, a booth where they had two R2D2 48Bs. And the weird thing is the sticker on the front was kind of off. The offset printing was off. So the circle was weird. It looked like an olive. I don't know if I wanted more because of that or less. Uh, they had the price sticker from the same store. So, Steve, I think at some point we should talk about people who have price stickers from the same store on the same figure, thinking that somebody just bought everything at some point. That's kind of a neat thing. What do you think, Steve? I think that's probably something that happened a lot. Right, so it's, I think it'd be kind of fun to trace the, uh, the population in terms of <laughs> the price stickers, yeah. Yep, so that, that was our 48B sighting. around with Tommy and I finally got him angry at me by telling him how much I love the Age of Apocalypse movie, which is pretty much my favorite Disney Marvel movie. And it's basically my favorite thing about Marvel is that movie because it really features how important Jennifer Lawrence is. But we actually just came back from uh, a booth that had a clear bubble uh, Sherpa. Anakin offer, right? Anakin offer for 125 and then one that was a little bit more messed up for 80 Now, I think that's a little bit high. That's a dealer price, and the guy's prices were kind of high. He had a 48 back, I mean, a 45 back Chewbacca proof for 3500 bucks. Uh, he had some interesting stuff there. I don't know if it was too high, but that's what it was. And uh, keep going. We're here at the friend of the show, uh, James Gallo's uh, booth, and he has a Sherpa, but it's it's a, it's a not a Sherpa, it's probably for my kids. It's a uh, unproduced Ewok uh, Chief Sherpa painted hard copy, 
Steve, uh, you want to play the, the, the game and, and guess how much it is? Uh, unpainted hard copy. Mm. Oh, no, it's painted. Okay. Yeah. 6,500. No, he has it at 18. But I'll see if I can get him down to 17.5. But uh, anyway, so I don't think the kids are getting that one. But it's a beautiful Shirafa. Um, at some point, Steve, during that talk, I did call myself the new toy hunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we'll keep that. Um, uh, and then coming up next uh, is basically a bunch of general discussion. Uh, we talk a little bit more about Shirpa uh, with Tommy Garvey, Jared Clark, Matthias, Matthias Rendall. Um, we take a... a a, a trip to the podcast stage. I tell a couple, <laughs> a couple of great jokes. Um, I define Yoda grapes for everybody, um, and then we have some great uh, non-movie items about Sherpa. Jared talks about, and Tommy jumps in. So that's kind of a, a sort of a continuation of other stuff, and just kind of what was it like to be walking around, hanging around with Steve, uh, Tessa, and I. Okay, so we're, we're now standing in front of the, the Celebration podcast stage where Steve and I were ruthlessly not admitted. Uh, we're still bitter about it, but I've actually come up with two jokes, just two jokes just this morning that are hilarious jokes, and if you disagree, it's because you're wrong. Here's the first joke. It's related to Force Awakens. What's the similarity between a disappointed Jackson 5 fan who only sees one member of the group and Ray from The Force Awakens. They both say, oh, that's just Tito. Okay, here's the next joke. I just came up with this one right now based on Tessa's t-shirt. What is the difference between the school where Harry Potter goes and a pig that has eaten too many beans? One is Hogwarts and the other is Hogfarts. Yeah, Steve just said that's why we didn't get accepted. It says on here, you never know what will happen when these commentators take to the stage. Well, they lost out on hog farts. That's all I gotta say. Okay, so um, there's an expression that's been circulating in the hobby for a while. It's called Yoda grapes. And Ron Salvatore, Ron R.A. Salvatore, came up with it to describe when Star Wars fandom has gone too far because they sold grapes that are badged with Yoda. The question is, has Star Wars Celebration gone Yoda grapes? Meaning, are there too many people? Is it too commercial? I've been walking around saying that things are the enemy, like Nissan is the enemy, Marvel's the enemy. It is so crazy that you need a wristband to sit in a room and watch a TV of what's going on in a different room. Is that Yoda Grapes, yes or no? My Critter, is it Yoda Grapes? It's all right, but I don't care because I don't worry about stuff like that. Yes, I, I agree. It is Yoda Grapes. <laughs> Wait, now Tommy said something funny the second I started recording. Is it Yoda Grapes, Tommy? It's sour Yoda grapes. <laughs> that, that it is. You know what? That's this whole convention, not getting into the, the celebration stage or whatever, the podcast. It's sour Yoda grapes. I wonder if Ron would agree. Uh, okay, so, um, Steve, we are now here because uh, we're, Matthias just showed up. Oh, actually, Matthias 
That's the recently married uh, uh, Jared, who's here, and we're, we're on the floor where we've been shut out of the Last Jedi panel, but we're excited because Matthias is going to give his uh, new proof panel, and yep. we've been walking around trying to find a good Sherpa. What do you guess a, a clear bubble Anakin offer Sherpa goes for on the show floor? I don't dare to guess against you anymore, like I'm done with the guessing prices with you, but well, I don't know. So, uh, what's your guess? Uh, it went, uh, he was asking 125. It went exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, sure, sure it was. Yeah. It's okay, but you know, this, that was my one victory I'll ever get. Anyway, so we'll check in back with you later again. My goal, Matthias, is to find as much vintage Sherpa stuff for my kids as reasonably priced as possible. Now, I did see the hard copy at James Gallo's booth. Yeah. Have you seen how much that one was? Uh, 18K. Yes, that's so, right. I think you should get that for your children. They're worth it. I, I think I should, and they wouldn't... I'd be like, yeah, you can play with it. No worries. Yeah. All right, well, more with... Uh, the chief of chief Sherpa later. Oh, and actually, we're here uh, with Jared and Sean, who just got married. But Jared, I'm particularly want to talk to you because what are some chief Sherpa? preschool items or non-movie items that can be found. Anything? Uh, so there's no preschool, there's no plush, uh, there's a modern plush from Disney World of Chief Chirpa. No, stop it with this kanking modern stuff. So, <laughs> oh yeah, we are going to try and find a kank too, but there's no vintage cartoon stuff available of Chief Sherpa. Wait, Tommy's raising his hand. Yeah. There is a preschool Chirpa item. I have a slide. It reads, Chief Chirpa loves animals and shows Chief Chirpa standing next to a deer and baga. And, and what, 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 what is the... Do you have a picture of this? Can you show it? I don't have it with me, no. No, but I mean, like, in the future when I'm editing this? Yeah, I can show it in the And so, so it's a slide, and what, what is it from? Where is it from? It's a concept slide for the Ewoks preschool line, Return of the Jedi. And it has a... What's the picture of, of like, where's Sherpa? Where's he? It is Chirpa standing in the middle of a slide, like, preschool Chirpa, and next to him is a deer... Like a cartoon deer, and on the other side of him is Baga, I believe. Jared, have you seen this? I have not, so now I must. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Well, you know, that would make a great wedding gift. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's an eraser. Like, like there's a set. Uh, oh, no, one second. He says, uh, what's up? Um, I think there's an eraser set from the UK, and has a generic Ewok, but I'm pretty sure it looks like a shrunk-down version of the Kenner Chief Chirpa. All right, well, maybe we'll have to find Grant and some of the other folks from the uh, Vintage Rebellion, see if they can answer it. All right, you guys get back to your honeymoon. <laughs> not, not five minutes go by, then Tommy informs me that he also has a slide of Chief Sherpa. And, and what does it say there? Chief Chirpa's is Treasure Island, I, I, I believe it says. And, and it's Chief Chirpa, and he's just, what's the context of the slide? Uh, he has an island that has buried treasure on it, I guess. And I thought he said Chief Chirpa's Pleasure Island, which I thought seemed vaguely erotic. So we'd like you to just, maybe Jared, you could whip up Chief Sherpa's uh, Pleasure Island as a, as a, yeah. as a Photoshop thing. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> 
We tried to get into the the panel about the Last Jedi. Yeah, man, this is this is where the real sour Yoda grapes come in, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Yoda grapes as a term isn't always about sour grapes, right? Yeah, it's yeah. usually just about just too much, just over commercialized, right. over saturation, right? Over saturated, over commercialized, over hyped, over attended, right? Like, yeah. uh, like when you go to Old Navy and they have like ten Star Wars shirts, and go, oh man, it's Yoda grapes, you know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, we couldn't get in. We ended up watching it on. Uh, Tessa's phone sitting on yeah. a bench. Um, the funny thing is, when I first, you know, when we first saw the trailer for Force Awakens, Yehuda was far away and he heard it as Chewie were old. Um, <laughs> and right. when I heard the beginning of the Last Jedi trailer, I heard these words Leave. <laughs> Just leave. So. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh, wow, that, that's cool. They're going with like Yoda's being kind of a jerk, like right off the bat and telling her to, oh, wait, he's training her? Wait, what's going on? So uh, anyway, I'm, 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 I'm excited for that movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I am too. I, the, the panel thing, that, that getting on, I mean, you know, it's just nuts, the, the sheer like masses of people. Um, you before like, you could get in to watch the the Force Awakens thing pretty much anywhere you wanted, but this time we it was just like nowhere. Yeah, we couldn't <laughs> yeah. find a screen to watch it on, um, which is really something. Um, yeah, I have something on here that's just called sock talk. Sock talk, flipping sock talk, flipping sock talk, talking socks. Yeah. All right, so it's a Friday afternoon. Steve and I have retired from the convention floor. We are getting ready for Ron Salvatore to join us. We're going to be practicing the sketch. Um, I have a bag here of stuff that I got on the show floor, and it's $80 worth of Star Wars vintage-related material. And I'll let you think about what that might be. A carded figure, you know, some cool, uh, I don't know, like school gear or something. No, they're all socks. I got two pairs of vintage exploitation socks with a Chewbacca figure on it, which is wicked cool. Those are 20 bucks a pop. Plus one other pair of Chewbacca socks that weren't vintage related. And then Steve got me a pair of crunchy Gamorrean guard tube socks from Todd Chamberlain, the toy chamber, for my character I'm playing, which hopefully by the time you hear this is famous and beloved or um, disliked and ignored. <laughs> so either way, we're getting ready for, uh, for Steve's big presentation. We've just seen the lines for all the other panels, and, and it's going to be out the block. It is going to be crazy. It is going to be Steve, freak out. Ah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, that was a long way of saying I got socks. Sock talk, flipping sock talk, flipping sock talk, talking socks. Yeah. So let's hope that was good. Um, that was sock talk. <laughs> well, I know that was us getting ready for your panel, uh, which we'll talk ah. to when we get to tomorrow's day. Right. Um, now, the Gamorrean Guard soap. I promised in the Crunchy episode, I think that was 79. Uh, that I would indeed bring Gamorrean Guard soap to the Rosen, and mm -hmm. whoever was rooming with me, I would throw away their soap 
and we would use vintage Gamorrean Guard soap. Um, Tommy will give it a review later. Um, it was unpleasant. It smelled bad. It was unsettling. And uh, the best part about it is Ron reading the box for the Gamorrean Guard vintage soap. All right, as promised, I have indeed brought the Gamorrean Guard soap. And we do indeed have that as the only soap that's in the shower for the room I'm sharing with Tommy Garvey and Ron Salvatore. Now, Ron Salvatore would like to read the copy on the back of the Gamorrean Guard soap. Jabba the Hutt's elite core of personal protectors who also guard... Hold on, I'm going to start over. Okay, Ron is going to start over. Gamorrean Guard... Jabba the Hutt's elite corps of personal protectors who also guards... There's a grammatical mistake. <laughs> Ron, Ron is going to read it again. There's seriously a typo or something. Gamorrean guard, Jabba the Hutt's elite corps of personal protectors who also guards the prisoners in his palace. Though they walk upright like humans, they're really powerful monsters. That's why they're so great at helping you wipe out dirt and grime. Lather up with the Gamorrean guard. You'll feel plenty powerful yourself. Wow, you know, whenever I think about how to be clean, one of the criteria I don't think is necessary is to be a really powerful monster. So that was me kind of showering up and getting ready to go. We went out to a dinner, uh, kind of a big dinner with a bunch of folks. Yep. Um, and so I thought it would be uh, – I just have a really quick clip where I talk to Shane Turgeon. And when we talk about – about like the social aspect of this hobby, Steve, I, I realized something that I have known of and spoken through email or in person or whatever. I've known Shane to some degree since 2004. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I'd ever actually had a really deep, meaningful conversation with him up until that Saturday night. Walking uh, back, up back until that, to the... that Friday night. Yeah, walking back to the hotel. And so that's a really kind of funny thing where just, you know, if he had ever come through town, then maybe he would have stayed with me and we would have had it. Or if he weren't in the tattoo thing and I were somewhere else, we would have had it. But it's funny yeah. that, that I did feel close to him, but I didn't really know him. And so when I talk about this hobby being about time and patience, I mean that's 13 years of, yeah. of knowing somebody well enough that I talk about him as my friend. Like, oh, that's my friend Shane. He wrote that book. But anyway, so um, just be patient. <laughs> <It's>, uh, um, <laughs> and, uh, and then there's uh, also – I'll include – I'll go right after that to the room sales Yeah, we will have – the final resolution of the new Toy Hunters Hunt for Chief Sherpa. Okay, we're walking back from dinner and we're walking with Shane Turgeon and we're realizing he's never been on the show despite the fact, how long have we established that we've known each other, Shane? Uh, it's been about 12 years. Yeah, we've known each other about 12 years and he hasn't been on the show. I'm not really sure why this is, T. I think it's, oh, you had big beef with him, right? <laughs> Anyways. Steve and I had a lot of heat. It was a lot of bad heat. <laughs> All right, well, how about just a simple question. Uh, what's been the highlight of the show so far for you, Shane? This walk and finally being on the podcast. <laughs> All right, we'll have to get you on because he's a legend in more ways than at least three. Uh, so we'll have to get him on at some point on the show. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Shane. <laughs> Always a pleasure to not be here. <laughs>
L'espoir se tire de jour en jour On voit la vie en noir et blanc, on sait pas rouge La rue devient dangereuse, on voit rouge La nuit, le décor s'assombrit Alright, I'm just uh, up in my room now after the room sales I'm here with Tommy Garvey He's hanging out, looking He got some Yoplay sticks Which I guess are pretty rare uh, I tried to sell my cut in half 47B Canadian But no one wanted it because it's cut in half But it's really rare So everyone's stupid for not buying it But that's okay I, uh, I did buy some cool stuff. I, I bought uh, a 48B Lobot from uh, CJ Fawcett. So I am still, what, what is my official title, Tommy? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm the king. <laughs> the king of what? The 48Bs. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone in the audience is mad at you, Tommy. I got a Sherpa. Finally, I got a Sherpa for my kids to bring home to them. It's a clear bubble, a little bit of sticker damage, uh, but I bought that for, I don't know, around 50, and so I ended up saving 40 bucks from what they had on the floor. And the happiest of all happy stories, Space Freaks. Do you remember earlier how I was talking about all those Sprite bottle caps that they have over in Singapore? Well, I learned about them yesterday, and I managed to buy the Chewbacca today uh, from Greg, Dark Side Apprentice, uh, out of Singapore. So that's a really great... Matter of fact, he was selling it for 30 bucks, and I was so mad that I bought it for 40 because I'm like, man, I would have paid 100 So I'm very happy to have that. It's been a good room sales. Gonna put on some deodorant and go back down. All right, Steve. Uh, and then that was the end of the first day. The second yeah. day. Second, second day. day. So that was Friday. Um, and that was the room sales. Uh, and then Saturday, I don't have a ton of audio from there. Um, there, was, I, there was something going on on Saturday. There was something going on. Now... There is a little bit where I talk a little bit more creepily about my favorite uh, animated Ewok character, Latara. Uh, so <laughs> let's get to this little bit here because we just have to get this out of the way. Latara, I still like you. No matter how nasty you are. Latara, I still like you. No matter how nasty you are. Well, it's not, it's not Sherpa, but we do talk a lot about Latara on the show and my insistence that she is supposed to represent some amount of sexuality. Uh, now, I'm here with Ron Ari Salvatore, and he's looking at these Color Me cards, card to color. Please describe this image to our listeners, Ron. Um, well, it's an Ewoks animated card, so it's the animated Ewoks characters. And then one is Tebow, which, as we discussed in a previous episode, was the... Um, Ewok poet, wasn't he? He's kind of the uh, the hip rock star of the Ewok world, right? <laughs> and then Latara sitting next to him, who's the hot, sexy Ewok, is sitting next to him on a log, although it looks like a giant carrot, sort of. And Tebow is, has this expression on his face that can only be described as stoner bliss. And in his hand, I don't know if he's hallucinating it or if it's real, there is a little elf, like ice capades thing, dancing in his hand, and he has—he's just like looking so self-satisfied, and like any cool poet guy, he's like totally ignoring Latara, and she's looking at him like she wants to just eat him alive because she's so overcome with desire, and I think Sky might be a little jealous at this moment. You know, Latara actually, there's all these signs that she's having trouble controlling herself physically. First of all, the way she's crossing her legs. 
And then the other way, with her fingers. Yeah, like her that. fingers are like twisted. Like she can't handle. She's fidgeting it. She's like, I can't believe they look like these two little stoned Ewoks. And her mouth is like slightly open, and her eyes are just like right on Tebow and his like dancing fairy magic. I am getting more and more right about this theory as time goes on. This is a pre-coital drug scene, and it's for kids. Latara, I still like you. No matter how nasty you are, Latara, I still like you. No matter how nasty you are, nasty you, Latara. This is going to be brutal to edit. It's okay. And then, Steve, we gave the talk. Your panel. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve... Where, where, do we, where do we start with this? <laughs> well, let's start with the fact that you have this awesome idea. You want to study early theater memorabilia. Yeah. Any kind of theater memorabilia attached to the Star Wars original trilogy. Right. Right. And I love doing stuff on the collector's panel. Yeah. I didn't have any ideas about what to present this year. So you, for some reason, included me on your panel. And I thought, <laughs> what am I going to say or do? Like, I don't even know anything about what he's talking about. I don't even know what a day bill is. Like, how can I possibly help him? So I started getting kind of kooky. And I thought, how could I help Steve and his talk get on to the collector's track because it used to be fairly easy to get onto the collector's track you just had to have like a good idea and you could do it but as the yeah, collector tracks yeah. got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger more and more submissions more and more rejections so i thought yeah. they're looking for something different what if i added a narrative element to steve's talk and that that was the birth of it so steve I don't know about your process, but my process was, how do I justify being on Steve's panel? <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because I, I think when I first kind of had the idea, I, I sent it to, to you as well as you know the people ended up being on the panel, Ron and, and Todd and, and then some others, just to kind of bounce the idea because I, I just – I trust your guys' opinion about stuff. And when you're like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'm like, okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't inviting me to do the panel? No, no, I was. <laughs> and, and, but, but I really didn't even know what where it would go. And <laughs> it was just great to see it kind of become this this story. And I think both of us were probably thinking, how is this going to work? And and I, I, think, like, I, I think I had an idea in my head that pretty much is exactly what happened. Right. So let's say what the actual idea is. Yeah. So all of this was predicated on the idea that Steve has this item in his collection, which is a commercial for seeing Star Wars at the Charles Theater in Boston, the Charles One Two Three, which is the movie theater that was right down the street from where my family lived in 1977, right down the street from the place where I was when I was a baby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was born in September 1977. Star Wars came out in May 1977. And when I talk about Bob and these other people in my family's life, that was where they went. You know, my brother Amos saw the movie there ten times at least. Yeah. You know, and he yeah. got the he got the program that you talked about in the panel. So I uh, I feel a real connection to this movie theater and this image. Yeah. And so I sort of had this idea, like. Well, what if I pretended to have gone there? 
So I could make I could make it that because talking about collectibles can be dry. But if I yeah. sit there and yeah. say, "Look, I've got this. I came back from the past, and I have this this catalog. I have this button." I thought, well, that would be a funny idea. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll create this character who's a time traveler from the past who went and saw all these movies. Time traveling um, super fan. Yes, time traveling super fan. So that was the beginning of it. And then when I was born, my parents didn't know what to name me. So when I was born, I was initially just called Baby. Like I was called Baby for an extended period of time. And then my parents thought that they would call me Jasper. Yeah, and, and that's yeah. my, my which it does, it does fit me kind of. Um, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, my, my godmother said, "Oh, you." She was from Britain. Oh, you don't want him to be called a little ghost. And so, <laughs> with that warning, my parents said, "Let's spare him a lifetime of being teased. Let's name him Sky." Um, <laughs> so they changed the name, and so I, I picked the name Jasper, and I picked Nixon because it was in the seventies, and I just thought it's got, yeah. it's got a lot of good juice to it. You know, yeah. it sounds like a real name and a fake name. That's what I was going for. Right. Yeah. And then to top it all off, I had the idea, what if instead of – well, the, I mean we worked on this for a long time, Steve, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I started buying vintage clothing and I knew the most important thing about dressing like you're from the early 80s is dolphin shorts. Right. That's step one. <laughs> shorts yeah. that threaten the hanging brain. Shorts – in which you can't wear boxers, you must wear briefs. You must wear tight briefs. You must wear a Speedo, like really short shorts. I knew if I had short shorts and tube socks, the rest would fill itself out. Um, yeah. I got a vintage yeah. iron-on shirt. I got it yellow so that it would be really contrasting. I, yep. I got an Admiral Akbar mesh hat because I couldn't, find, I couldn't find a Gamorrean Guard mesh hat. That's why. Uh, yeah. um, but Steve gave me a Gamorrean Guard socks. <laughs> I had some Converse All-Stars and then I grew a beard for like a month and a half and I did it so that when I would shave and do a mustache, my mustache would be positively selic. And uh, it, it's full on met method acting here. Yeah, it was full on method acting. But up until about two days before the, the panel, we didn't know how I'd be integrated. Right. <laughs> We didn't. Know. We, we had we had some like little windows. We're like, oh, you could pop up here and, and here. But as far as <laughs> the formatting, yeah. it was a <laughs> it was a question mark. But like, like how are we actually going to get me on to the panel? So the <laughs> idea was, I really like improv comedy, and I really like uh, Andy Kaufman and that kind of stuff. I love jokes yeah, yeah. where people don't know that I'm joking, right? Um, which is a problem for the show, Steve. Because I, one of our fans actually came up and was like – made some joke to me about how like I get to boss you around like my little servant. And I was like – I kind of laughed. But I was like, oh, no. He doesn't get the joke. Oh, crap. Like, because like my sort of like aggressiveness and the way I push you around like is like a total joke. But it's only funny to me if I don't say it's a joke. You know what I mean? Like that's where it becomes funny. Like for some reason I've always thought it was really funny to just to just hold a joke to the point where people think I'm a jerk. That's why I'm cool with Large Kevin because I think Large Kevin might be playing a long joke in which yeah. case kudos to you. Come on the show and, and talk about your collecting um, or you could just be a jerk. I don't know. Um, so I thought, well, what if I just started interrupting? 
Yeah. And and people didn't and people would see me and know I was a weirdo. And then I thought, well, let's pretend I'm from Boston. Let's give me an accent because if you're trying to be funny, an accent is the easiest way to it, do it's it. A, yeah, exactly. It's a total lazy shortcut. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so Ron came up with the great idea of being hostile towards me. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would just, I guess, be myself and then just tolerate and <laughs> just kindly move on. Ron, Ron would kind of give you the, the – uh, <laughs> I don't know. You guys came to almost came to blows there. That was yes. uh... <laughs> well. That that was part of the fun was that the audience really sided with Ron and didn't like me. Um, <laughs> and I never dropped character. Um, you said at the beginning, "Sky's not here," and yeah. I, I never dropped character. And I kept on interrupting and I kept on talking about all the things that I had and all the memorabilia was, was your memorabilia from your awesome collection. So you talk about a, a day bill from Germany and I'd be like, oh, I got that, you know, and I would I would make little stupid jokes and Ron would make little stupid comebacks. And uh, my favorite moment was at the end we had the meet and greet. Now, J- <laughs> Jason Smith is, is a great collector out of England and he's the sort of – he's the man when it comes to debunking the Toy Tony thing. He was yeah. actually in the vintage costume contest as Toy oh, yeah. Tony. And the thing is he's a great cosplayer. So he actually pretended to be Toy Tony and he did it for like five minutes. And he like resealed a card and he completely, he completely dedicated himself to this role. Um, yeah. He cosplays as old Biff from yeah. Back to the yeah. Future and it's dead on. Yeah. And so we're sitting there and I'm standing next to you and Ron and he's giving me the stink eye. Like we're talking large Kevin style. Like he is looking at me just like I and then he goes Sky is that you? I was sitting in the back. He had no idea the entire time. The entire time. Like yeah. the entire hour speech that I was sitting on the stage next to you guys interrupting you, he thought I was just a crazy lunatic who thought that he was a time traveler. Um, <laughs> so that was one of my great moments. Um, yeah. Although it did make me feel bad. I'm like, oh, geez, I hope I didn't ruin Steve's panel. No, no. I, I, uh, it was, I know you, didn't, you had a hard time watching, watching the, the little video that CJ took, but it just, it just makes you so damn happy to, to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I have I'm such a hard time watching the whole thing. It. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do feel bad because because it's like it is very it's a joke upstaging, but then obviously it's a guy in a big yellow shirt interrupting you every five minutes. Um, <laughs> but what I loved about it was that you know even in the longer spells when you really didn't have anything to show, you still like bobbed your head and you were you were like a muppet up there. You were like looking <laughs> at the screen and just like it. it I don't know. Yeah, it, I, I went full Christian Bale. Like I, I went into my role. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I had this face that I made, and I tried to hold that face, um, <laughs> and uh, and I stayed in that costume the whole day. Yeah, and, that that and, was a that was a bold and and brave move. Um, I couldn't have done that. Well, the the reason why Steve is that so many things that I do with this hobby. I'm disappointed in the reaction. So, you know, I made the Locks of Love video with Peter Mayhew, and that got very little reaction. That's disappointed. You know, this podcast, I want it to be the biggest thing in podcasting, and I never get what I want. And I always think, this is going to, you know, the video that I made for Go90, this is going to be the thing, and it doesn't work. So, 
the whole Jasper thing, I was like, people are going to see it. They're going to go, it's kind of funny. Let's move on. Uh, it was it was a phenomenon. But people went nuts. They loved yeah. it. Maybe it's because I didn't want it so bad. <laughs> but uh, people really loved it. They really responded. Tom Burgess, a uh, uh, guy who was interviewed on our third episode um, of IGrewUpStarWars.com, uh, he's probably going to create his own character like that. We're going to try to like kind of keep this going. Uh, vintage <laughs> costuming, like costuming as somebody from the vintage era. It's really fun. Yeah. It's really easy. It's really cheap. You know, you just put yeah. together. Yeah. You know, just get a, a, a an iron on and some short shorts and some socks. Or if, you know, under a hundred bucks, and you have like a very funny costume. Um, so yeah, yeah so that, no. that that went really well, and um, you know, your your panel went well, and so that that was. I, I just I was afraid of it of it upstaging you too much but no no it it was i thought it was it was perfect but i Um, think it did what i wanted it to do which was make your panel like like stand out as like like in a different way you know yeah people go oh the star wars at the movie panel that was the one with the guy and then he actually had all the things and so (laughs) I just I do love that that there were some some people yelling for security towards the beginning. Oh yeah, my, yeah. My favorite line is uh, "Pull him out." Someone said that, <laughs> and I remember hearing him say that, and I was thinking, is that a friend of mine or is that an actual? I, I yeah. It turns out it wasn't. No, people were were really upset. Yeah. Um, so uh, so we have a little bit of uh, post Jasper talk uh, that I recorded. Um, but then we got to maybe my favorite moment in the entire convention, which is there comes a time where you just have to sit down and get crappy overpriced food in the convention. <laughs> Every convention I've ever been to, there's a certain point yeah. where oh, I just yeah. plop down with my friends with like some personal pan underpants pizza and just <laughs> sit down. And uh, and so let's 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 hear that let's hear the the post Jasper talk and a little bit of uh, of just discussing uh, just that kind of nice down moment. All right, we're just walking down the hallway here at the Rosen Center. It's just Steve and I again. Steve just did his panel with Ron and Todd. And I did my stupid idea of playing a time-traveling super collector. It went well. It's a tough room. Uh, Steve's room smells so bad. It doesn't smell like death because you would welcome death when you smell this room. It's like burnt plastic and diarrhea. It's terrible. Anyway, good job, Steve. You happy it's over? I am. It was a lot of fun, um, but it, it's over. <laughs> it's over. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. And one of the best parts of any convention is the tired sitting down eating food that is worse than garbage. <laughs> We're sitting down in a big empty table with a sparsely populated cafeteria eating Papa John's pizza for the first time. Steve is going to take his first bite of Papa John's pizza. Take, take your bite, Steve. Here he goes. He's putting it in his mouth. Okay. What's your vote? No. <laughs> and, Steve, the cool thing about that was right after we recorded that, we saw David Mandel sitting by himself doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah. No, I, I just remember looking up and saying, oh, hey, look who's sitting, like, 50 feet that way. 
just doing this day the exact same thing. It's just, just funny. And this is really cool because, as we've discussed, I'm a little bit starstruck by David Mandel. I, 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 I really so love I. Veep. I really love uh, I love the Seinfeld episodes. I love the Simpsons episode. And I really love the TV show that he made, um, the video game TV show that he made in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was fun because we met him earlier, but he was like buying stuff, and it was a little bit harried. But here it was like be able to talk to him. He said, you know, he'll definitely make it on the show, um, and I was able to tell him something that he had forgotten. Yeah, yeah. he forgot that in two thousand and two, at Celebration Two, he recorded something that is on YouTube right now, where he recorded himself trolling people saying, did you know the name of the next Star Wars movie? It's called The Last Jedi. And he was sitting there and he started laughing. He's like, I said that? And <laughs> now I am not that funny of a guy, but I do know that everything that I've ever said that's truly funny, I don't remember. Like people tell me that I said it and I go, oh, like there's this movie Cradle to the Grave. And apparently one time I said, oh, I don't want to see it because I haven't seen Cradle won the grave. Um, and like my buddy Ted tell, like he's like that's the funniest joke you've ever made and I'm like I don't remember making it um, so it was really nice to be able to talk to him and to remind him you know this this person I really look up to who has been responsible for so much comedy that I was able to remind him that he did that and just earlier, yeah. earlier yeah. this week he posted on his Facebook page a clip from that and you know he, he said oh thanks for reminding me of it um, so that was, that was a really fun moment. That was like just yeah. this great quiet moment, sort of like a, a, a great big universe thing. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, uh, we sort of have a couple things here where we'll, we'll lead to talking about a chromalin, a Sherpa chromalin that, that Matthias was selling. Yes. Oh. Uh, and also a little bit of, uh, chilling with Tommy on Sunday. Because uh, he was the other person I spent the most time with. Uh, we were roommates, and we'd get up, and we'd go to McDonald's every morning. And yes. I, and I don't eat McDonald's every day. Um, but when I'm at a celebration, I usually eat at the same bad restaurant every day. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's Steak and Shake. It doesn't matter if it's the McDonald's, you know. Um, so let's listen yeah. to that. Okay, so we are outside of the uh, swap meet, uh, and I'm here with Tess, and he's actually trying to sell a Sheik Sherpa chromalin, and uh, he says it's one of two. How do you know it's one of two? Well, that's all that's surfaced so far, and uh, that was Tom had uh, in his in inventory, and uh, no one have heard of one another one, so there could be more. You never know, but it's and, like and 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 you're trying to sell it. What do you what are you selling it for? Oh wait, is that a question I don't ask? No, no, you could ask. It's like up to a couple of thousand, a little bit more, up to five maybe. Yeah. Okay, so you're asking five thousand for that could be the rate of a Sherpa Chromalin. Yeah. All right, well it's you know a real-time market watch. Sounds good. Exactly. It hasn't sold yet, so maybe I'm way off. You never know. All right, thanks, Matthias. To McDonald's. I only ever eat McDonald's breakfast on vacation. Uh, this is my third day in a row. I've gone with Tommy Garvey each time. Joy we all can share. Steve's joining us. Steve, are you excited? Very. I think I'm going to get a McGurdle. That's one of my favorite things. Um, we just checked out of the hotel. It's always a bittersweet moment. Actually, it's just bitter. 
because it's more fun to be at Celebration than it is to be in life. But um, I realized, Tommy, I meant to take a picture of the Gamorrean Guard soap. Um, the shower last night, I had to clean off the pie in the sky. What's your final review of the Gamorrean Guard soap, Tommy? It's it's sticky. It's it, it's weird because it, it has no smell and yet it also smells bad. It's all in all the worst shower experience I've ever had. So there you go, space freaks. It walks like a man, but it's a monster. All right, off to get our McGirdles. We all can share. Okay, now in an unpredictable moment, we've entered the convention early with our passes, and we are now waiting for Hallmark exclusives. Steve, what are we waiting for? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. But there's a line, and we haven't like waited in line much because we've been so misanthropic this whole trip. So this is exciting. This is the first line I've ever waited in at a celebration, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, when we see a line, we just run away. That's why we've basically not done anything the whole convention. But we're going to get the little uh, uh, vintage exploitation of a, a blue snaggle tooth. It's like a little teeny tiny stuffed deal. Uh, it seems, Steve, that it's the best of the vintage exploitation on the floor. It seems really good. I'm excited about it. And then the other thing is I have to get for my brother Amos, the artist, a loose, complete Luke Jedi figure. And we're talking about how we don't know the price of it. And I realize we're like... Like, the, you know, like really rich people don't know the price of, of milk. <laughs> like, we don't know how much it costs. So we're guessing 25 Okay, we think we can get a loose, complete Luke Jedi for 25 Now, is it the blue or the green saber? He says he doesn't care. I think he uh, prefers the green okay. because he likes Luke for the movie, not right. for the collectible. So, all right. Does he want the snap cape? He doesn't care about what kind of cape it is either. What, what, do, you, what do you think would go for a loose, complete Luke Jedi? 666. All right, there you go. It's Easter, so that's a weird answer. Uh, so at the top of the show, Steve, I promised you a side quest. Yes. So my brother Amos, um, who is a, a fan of the show and he's contributed to the show, and he loves Luke. And he's been asking yeah. me to get him a loose Luke Jedi for the last couple of years. Right, right. It turns out I should have bought one a couple years ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know what they cost. So this is an entire side quest of me talking with different people, different vintage collectors, including Bob Martinazzi, the greatest Luke Jedi collector in the world, um, and Super Space Freak and major helper of the Archive Party. Yes, um, yeah. And, uh, and it's like how am I going – to, you know, the main quest was getting the Sherpa, and the side quest was, am I going to get this Luke, this Luke Jedi for my brother, and how am I going to do it? So do, do you want to hear it, Steve? Yeah. No, I, I completely missed this, so yeah. Okay. So my brother has asked me to get a loose, complete Luke Jedi. doesn't matter what kind of cape. doesn't matter what kind of saber. We were trying to think if we had any idea what it costs. So we figured we'd talk to the number one person in the world on the figure to see if even he knows the price of a gallon of milk. What do you think I'm going to be able to get a loose, complete Luke Jedi for? I would say about 60 bucks. Okay, that's three times as much as we thought. All right, we're going to go on the floor and we're going to find out. All right. All right. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Well, the inadvertent market watch is over. I went to talk to Andy Loney at his wonderful booth. He said that he had a Luke 
Jedi, but that he sold it. And then went to this other guy, sort of like this weird dude who had some uh, uh, some other collectibles, like uh, modern prototypes and stuff. Like he had one from, um, I think Tommy said it was his favorite movie, uh, Age of Apocalypse. And he had some uh, prototypes from that. But then he, he had like a Luke with a cape, but no lightsaber. And then went over to our good friend Tracy's and uh, uh, Cantina Collectibles. And he had a loose, complete with gun and saber and cape. And uh, it was like 115 bucks, which it turns out is a fair deal. And then I was like, oh boy. And then I called my brother and he was like, I don't care about a cape. I never played with a cape anyway. I was like, what about a gun? He said, it had a gun? No, I don't care about that either. So I managed to get a very good condition one. I took off the cape. Someone else bought it instantly right there at Tracy's booth. And I got my brother a loose Luke Jedi with a green lightsaber for 40 bucks. And that's been your Market Watch. Market Watch. So, Steve. Oh, it, it ended up that uh, he didn't care about the cape or the gun. <laughs> so I was able to get it for $40. Oh, man. Yes. That's 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 crazy. One dollar licks, market what? What? <laughs> um, and then uh, for the collector panels, they do this nice thing. For everyone who participates in them, at the very end, they have a get-together, and that's when yeah. you, you get all of your tots, so you get a full set of tots. Um, and right outside, I ran into Dave Brott, who's a, a, a space freak. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely a big fan of the show. And uh, he talked a story about a very peculiar collectible. He is the only person, I believe, in the world who has this kind of collectible. Uh, he actually got it with the show Amy Schoberg. Uh, a story about this collectible that really shouldn't be. We're not yet on the Emperor, but uh, Dave Brought just started saying, you'll like this story, and I thought, well, that sounds like I should have him just tell the story on the podcast. So it's a story about the Emperor. What's the story? Yeah, I'll hold this for you. Right, got it. Uh, the story is this. Uh, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, on Eileen Drive, which is the end of the street where the Kenner Morgue is. Uh, so I used to ride my bike down there, etc., ride all around, and I knew the Emperor was coming to my house. I ordered it six to eight weeks. I was very excited. I don't know if it, I doubt it came from that facility, but it was a Cincinnati thing. It took forever. When you're a kid, six to eight weeks is like infinite time. So it's I like 68 weeks. Yeah, it's like 68 weeks or 88 <laughs> weeks. And um, so I, I didn't know it took, it, it was actually a lot longer than eight weeks. But because I was young and I was bad at keeping track of time, I didn't realize that. So when it finally arrived, way later than that, from Cincinnati to Cincinnati, uh, it had with it, they sent me the Emperor figure, which I was super excited about, and had with it uh, six micros that they were sent me as an apology. It was uh, three Hoth Snow Troopers and three Hoth Rebel Troopers, plus an apology letter from Kenner about why it took so long. So, of course, I immediately threw the apology letter in the trash uh, and opened my Emperor and played with it and opened the micros and played with those. And I thought, these are weird. They don't, they're not the same size. I think I'd never seen them before. And uh, it was, it was, and now, of course, what do I wish I'd saved? The paperwork. <laughs> I wish I had the, I actually got an apology letter from Kenner as a kid, and I wish I'd saved that. I've lost the Emperor since, since replaced it. But, uh, man, that was a, a great day in the Brat household. Oh, that's awesome. Jeff, do you know what the, what the apology letter said? 
Sorry. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jeff Carell. <laughs> All right. Bye. I really do care. And uh, right after I stopped recording, uh, Dave showed me that he lives in Cincinnati, and one of the benefits of living in Cincinnati is living near Kenner. And he actually, you went to Kenner Street, and then what happened? Well, I went to Kenner Street. Amy Schoberg was in town, and of course she, she wanted to visit uh, Kenner Street, which I'd been to many times. It's about 11 minutes from my house, and when we went down there, uh, Amy noticed there was a sign knocked over on the ground, like a car had hit it, and it was behind yellow tape. And so we thought, let's just go look at that. And uh, there was another car idling there, which was kind of weird. So I parked the car, and we thought, Amy thought, oh, let's not get out. I said, well, let's just get out. And when we got out, the other car took off. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Maybe he was thinking about doing what we were about to do. So I went behind the tape, and, of course, the Kenner sign was there with the Cross Street Dalton. And uh, I noticed it was only attached by one plastic rivet. And then I noticed that the Kenner sign fit perfectly in the trunk of my car. And then I noticed uh, it looks great in my house. So I now have a Kenner sign in my collection, uh, which is great. As far as I know, a one-of-a-kind collectible. Uh, that is really awesome. And that's, I mean, that's up in the ante. I mean, Yehuda is famous for stealing uh, <laughs> store supplies, but that's amazing. And also, that's a great trivia question. What is the cross street with Kenner in Cincinnati? And that is, of course, Dalton. So uh, did you get Dalton as well? No, Dalton was firmly attached to the pole. Okay, I'm glad you tried. All right, thanks again, Dave. <laughs> That was good. Okay, so we have Amy Schoberg back on again, who was an accomplice to this crime by Dave Brott, who accidentally posted it to the Cincinnati police. But uh, so, so, so what's your take on the story, Amy? I was cleaning trash that was found by the side of the road, but um, that may or may not have belonged to the city. But uh, when I was deciding to go out there, I was talking to Sarah, like, hey, I'm going to Cincinnati. You know, there's nothing left in Cincinnati, he said. All the Kenner stuff's gone. Well, there's still street signs, someone else said. And I thought, okay, yeah, maybe we'll get a street sign. Who knows? I doubt <laughs> wow, so you actually predicted it. That's, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Wow. Actually, she'd been joking. Right before we actually found the one on the ground, uh, the one down the street, you said, oh, it wouldn't take, you know, we'll just need to come back here with some tools tonight. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then 30 seconds later, there was one in the trunk of my car. So. Wow, that's awesome. All right, thanks, guys. It's a story that keeps giving. Yeah. Oh, wait, Steve, do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. he, got, he got a Kenner sign from Cincinnati. It was cool. Okay. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> And I've seen the picture. Now it makes sense. Yes. Okay. Now the last bit of audio that I recorded, um, well, the last bit of audio I recorded was with Yehuda, but I ended up making some weird comments that I think are probably best left off the podcast. So the penultimate uh -oh. comment, but the last ones that will be on here, um, were another one of my favorite things about Celebration. And you know this, Steve. How did it start with you picking me up from the airport? Now, that doesn't sound like as much fun as sitting at the bar and hanging around and doing your own thing. But I think it was more fun. I think yeah. picking me up was great. It was a hassle. It was annoying. But it was great. And it so, really wasn't that, that much of a hassle. But it was, it was a lot of fun. I actually yeah, I was happy to do it. Right. And so um, Phidias Barrios, a uh, uh, friend of the show and, and uh, enemy of Bruce White, um, mm -hmm. He he was we were standing outside the panel, so you know all that stuff I recorded with Dave Brought and Amy Schoberg was right after we got all the tots, and he sponsored yeah. the Bib Fortuna uh, star tot because for yeah, some yeah. some ungodly reason he likes that character, um, <laughs> and so he had like all of these boxes because when you're a sponsor you get what ten sets of the nine. Yeah, a lot. A lot right. of tots. A, a lot of tots, and you get this large metal one, unless you did, unless you were one of the sponsors of the Star Wars ones, in which case you don't Sorry. get one. Sorry, um, Sky. 
And so he had all this stuff. I'm like, do you need help? He's like, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. And so I helped him carry all this stuff down to the FedEx store. And, oh, yeah. And that was just so much fun because we just – you know, who likes to carry stuff to the FedEx store? Who likes to wait in line? But it was more fun. It was like more fun than doing something because I was able to help him and we were able to talk and to catch up. And yeah. Talk to him in a while. Yeah. And that's another thing I really suggest to people. Just when, when in doubt, go do laundry with somebody, you know, because <laughs> it means a lot to them and it's not that much of a hassle to you. So uh, I'm uh, in line with Phidias Barrios, waiting for him to mail out all of his tots. Who did you sponsor, Phidias? Bit Fortuna. And we were talking about Bit Fortuna, and we talked about his story about buying fake hard copies and how he built his focus. One fake. One fake hard copy. But we're gonna we're gonna talk to him in a couple months when we finally get to Bit Fortuna. So this is a little teaser. But we're just waiting in line at FedEx, doing nothing. Just sitting here, wasting time, talking, and uh, that's probably more fun than anything else we could be doing. All right. And then Steve and I managed to make it to the first panel. It's the first thing we did. The first panel that we went to the entire day was on the last day, yeah. and that was with uh, – that was like the best panel. It was awesome. Yeah. It was the, the Rebels reunion, all, yeah. all the old Rebel – Pilots and Akbar and and Nine Num and that uh, it was that was and great Wedge. like that and, and Wedge Wedge's yeah, first yeah. appearance right uh, that yeah. was really great and then yeah I was getting really nervous and um and then Yehuda managed to stop me and his wife ordered him a whole bunch of kosher food and I hadn't eaten so I ate just like I pounded I don't know what I was eating <laughs> I. I I, I don't think I was eating that food in a way that was respectful towards God because I was so hungry. Um, <laughs> but it was Easter, so I'm, I'm probably okay. Uh, and then we went back and we saw Derek's panel and then, and yeah, then we left. Yeah. So that was celebration, yeah. Steve. I think you're right, though. I mean, in terms of, of uh, being able to just enjoy it, that, that it's hard to top that. Yeah. yeah it, it was really enjoyable. And I felt like I felt like it was I think it will grow the show and I think it will help the show keep going because they just ran into so many people and just so you know, if you're one of the people who came up and said to Steve and I, Oh, I really appreciate the show, I just want you to know that someone is listening, um, you are directly responsible for the show being made. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that yeah. is not something that is heard. And then Steve and I go, Oh, chalk another one. It's like, that is the coal that keeps the fire going. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> Tune in. You know, we've actually already recorded the next blog log pod. That so will be coming up soon. Yeah. You'll be hearing the third blog log pod in the oh. next couple of weeks. And then next month ish, You'll be hearing the next half from the Chief Sherpa uh, stuff with Matthias and uh, Wampa Wampa. Adios. Celebration!